For the rest of us, let's buckle up. Let's do a little time travel all the way back to Exodus. The book of Exodus today, if you're grabbing a pew Bible, page 49, the words will be on the screen behind me. And so hopefully we've got you covered. It was six months ago now, last September, the beginning of September, we started off on this journey traveling back, traveling back to what we call the Pentateuch, meaning the first five books of the Bible, what in Judaism and for Jesus is the Torah. Jesus, in fact, speaking of the Torah, it's recorded for us in Matthew 5 and 17 when Jesus says, do not think that I have come to, he says, to abolish, and in our Bibles it says the law or the prophets. Jesus probably would have said something to the effect of the Torah or the Nevi'im. Do not think I have come to abolish the Torah or the Nevi'im. I have not come to abolish, he says, but to but to fulfill, right? Jesus being the fulfillment of the whole of the Torah. And so it is with that in mind that we are spending our Sunday mornings working our way through the Torah, what I've been calling the Jesus backstory. The Torah being the backstory to the birth and the life and the death and the teachings of Jesus. We've been taking it Parsha by Parsha. Parsha meaning section or, or portion. There are 54 parshiot. The Torah has been divided into 54 parshiot, read weekly throughout the year in, in the synagogues. And so with that, today we come to Exodus, also known as Sefer Shmot, translated the book of names, and down to chapter 13 and verse 17 in Parsha Bashala. It travels from 13 and 17 all the way to the very end of chapter 17. This Parsha follows the departure of the Israelite people out of Egypt. In fact, there in verse 17, we read, or when Pharaoh let the people go, what is Vayehi Bashala? And so at this point, they are out, right? They, they're out of Egypt. They are at this particular point, they are on a desert road heading for the, the Red Sea. In fact, God has now asked them to basically camp near the Red Sea. By way of summary, Pharaoh, again, his heart becomes hardened, and he decides that uh, maybe I made a mistake. I don't want to let them go after all. He gathers up his army, and he heads out after them. And then, as you probably are aware, there's this whole thing with the Red Sea. God, with the wind blowing back the, the Red Sea, allowing the Israelites to, to pass through. We read this story picking it up at 14 now and 21. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night Yahweh drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. Bless you. The waters were divided, and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. And then verse 26, Then Yahweh said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may flow back over the Egyptians and their chariots and horsemen. 28, the water flowed back, covered the chariots and horsemen. And then it's here in 14 and 31, which is kind of where we're going to land, at least for a couple of minutes. We read here, And when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of Yahweh displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared Yahweh. And it says, Put their trust in Him. Vaya Aminu. By Yahweh. 
right? They put their trust in Him. And we can think in Yahweh. We can think the fullness of the presence of God. They put their trust in Him. And then it says, and in Moses, His servant. Now, it's interesting because the rest of this Parsha is really like a dance. Think of it as a trust dance. Really flowing out through chapters 15 and 16 and 17, we find that the trust is really at the very heart of this Parsha, noting by way of, again, of quick summary, chapter, chapter 15, the Israelites, they don't have any water. They're out of water, and so they, they complain and they grumble, and God provides. Chapter 16, the Israelites are out of food, and so they complain and they grumble, and God provides. Chapter 17, the Israelites are again out of water. They complain and grumble, and again God provides. Over and, and over again, this Parsha reminds us that at the, very, at the very heart of this story, at the very heart of this passage, it is in a word, it is trust. Right? Even in the midst of all of their complaining and grumbling, we read, and put their trust in Yahweh, put their trust in the fullness of his presence. Now that happens here in this Parsha, but it's not only in this Parsha. In fact, it's not only in the Torah. It's not only in the, the backstory to the very life of Jesus, but we find it actually flowing into the very life of Jesus himself. We pick that up in the Gospel of Mark 4 and 35, and so I want to head over there for a little bit. At this particular time, it's evening. Jesus and his disciples happen to be at the at the edge of the sea, not the Red Sea, but they're farther up north at the edge of the Sea of Galilee. Verse 35, we read, He, Jesus, said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. And then we read, it says, a furious storm or a squall in some translations. That can be translated hurricane. It came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion, of course. That's what you do in the middle of a hurricane. The disciples, it says, woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Verse 39, Jesus got up, it says, He rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Right, and again, we can think even to last week, Rafa. Right, that idea of stop, let go, release, relax. And then it says the wind died down and it was completely and it was completely calm. He, Jesus, said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Now the word faith here comes from the Greek word pistis. It's often translated as faith or as belief. But I don't want us to think of here, I don't want us to think here of belief as in, as like intellectually, right? Thinking something to be true, like one plus one equals two. I mean, there is that, absolutely. That is part of pistis. But with that, it leans toward, it leans more toward 
trust. It carries this idea of to have dependence on, to, have, to, to, to be reliant on. It carries this idea of to have confidence in. And so really, at its core, I think, I think is, it's trust. And I've argued before that I think anytime we read the word faith or belief, I think we need to have this idea of trust. And so with that, I want to suggest that we could translate this to read, actually, do you still not trust? Right? And st- instead of questioning their faith, maybe we could, we could translate it to say, do you still not trust? Which is interesting because in the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Hebrew, if we go back to Exodus 14 and 31, where we read, right? they put their trust in Yahweh. In the Greek, the translation is, is kai epistuson meaning it comes from pistuo, which is the verb form of pistis, which is the noun form. And so what I want us to get, it's almost like Jesus here is kind of like connecting the dots for his disciples. It's almost like Jesus is saying, wait, 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 don't, don't you remember? Don't, don't you remember the, the, the wind and the waves and, and God driving back the sea? It's almost like he's saying, don't you, don't you remember... Don't you remember the desert when you had no water and when you had no food? And yet, even in the midst of your your complaining and and your grumbling, God provided. Right? Do Do you still not trust? And in effect, Jesus then is is inviting us even to to reflect. Right? Kai epistusan. Right? Vaya aminu. By Yahweh, right? They put their trust in Yahweh. And in a sense, since he's inviting them and us to, to, to reflect, also noting here, right before in verse 40, Jesus first asks them this question. He says, why are you so afraid? What is delos in the Greek? And it carries this idea of to, to not have confidence in. And so really it's contrasting the lack of confidence in versus or contrasting that to having confidence in. And in, in a word, he's contrasting fear and, and, and trust. And in that sense, then, do you still not trust becomes where is your trust? Right? We, we, we could say it's just something to the effect of, of, of not so much how much trust you have, but, but what is the object of your trust? And, and, and so why are you so afraid becomes why, why have you no confidence and do you still have no faith becomes where is your trust? Where are you, you placing your trust? And here in the Gospel of Mark, in the midst of the, the waters and, and the waves, the winds, and, and, and Jesus says, remember. He's saying to his disciples, remember. Yahweh. Right? And put their trust in the fullness of the presence of God. In fact, the overwhelming testimony all through the, all through the Bible, from the, from the Torah, the Jesus backstory, all the way through the, the very life of Jesus, the overwhelming testimony is that whatever the situation, whatever the circumstance, it says trust. We begin there. 
by Aminu, by Yahweh. Let's go to Proverbs just really quickly. I want to wrap this up this morning. This likely is familiar to you, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I think it was 10 or 15 years ago, I think Dan and I actually did a mini-series around just this, just these two verses. This is written by Solomon. Solomon, the son of King David. Solomon is very, very young at this particular time, and yet he's been uh, charged with with running a, a kingdom and, and even building the temple. And so we can imagine, we can imagine Solomon looking out at the, the vast sea of the, of the kingdom, right? And the, these winds of, of massive responsibility are blowing in. These, these waves of, of, of enormous expectation are, are kind of crashing all around him. And it's in the midst of that, whatever your struggle, whatever your challenge is today, we read Proverbs 3 and 5. Trust in Yahweh. Solomon says that's where we begin. We begin trust in Yahweh. Vaya Aminu by Yahweh. Right? That's, that's where we, we, we begin. Solomon says begin there. Noting in the Hebrew, it is an invitation to lean into. This idea of wholly leaning into. And we can think even back to, to the words of Jesus. Where is your trust? And maybe in light of Proverbs, right? We, we could ask on what or in whom are you leaning? Right? On what or, or in whom are you, you leaning? As it says in Psalm 27, some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we trust in the name of Yahweh. We trust in the fullness of the presence of God. We trust, we lean into the fullness and the presence of, of God. And then we read with all of your heart, meaning with the fullness of you. With all of you that is you. With, 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 with the fullness of you leaning into the fullness of God. With all of you that is you leaning into all of God that is God. And then we read and lean not. So juxtaposing against leaning into God. We read lean not on your it says own understanding. That's from the Hebrew binah, which means to build or construct. And so in effect, Solomon is telling us here, don't lean, don't build, don't, don't construct your life on how you think things should go. Right? On your, on your plans, on your agenda, on your ego. Right? Don't build and construct your life on your idea of how things should go. Right? But lean with all of you that is you. Lean into all of God that is God. And then verse 6, we read, in all your ways, meaning every path you take, every road you travel, every detail of your life, every activity. It says, in all your ways, in everything we read, and this is interesting, it says, submit to Him. That word submit is yada. Right? To know and to be known. Right? That idea of closeness and, and connection. We can think last week, Parshavo, Vidatem Kiani Yahweh. Right? That you may know, that you may know He is Yahweh. That, 
this, this idea of intimacy, right? Translated that you may, you may experience intimacy with me, that you may have this closeness and, and connection with me. And he says, submit to him, yada to him, draw close to him. And then it says, and he, Yahweh, will make your paths straight. Noting this final stanza, it's, it's, it's a promise. Meaning to make the crooked places straight, to make the rough places smooth. And in a way then, similar to last week in Psalm 46 and 10, Proverbs 3 and 5 through 6 really brings us full circle. Right, and we're back to Vaya Aminu by Yahweh. They put their trust in the fullness of the presence of, of God. Which I think invites us to consider, and I want to invite us into a little time of stillness together and reflection. To ask our, our, ourselves, where are we putting our trust? Where are we putting our trust? On, on what or in whom am I placing my trust? Right, we could ask, is it, is it metaphorically, is it horses and chariots? Or is it in the, the fullness of the presence of, of God? Right? We, we could ask it like this, on what or in whom am I leaning? On what or in whom am I relying? On what or in whom am I placing my, my confidence? Right again, is, is it my own understanding of how I think things should go, of how I think things should be? Is it my own plans and agenda? My own ego? Or is it from a place of yada? Is it from that place of intimacy, connection, and closeness? And then we could ask, on what or in whom am I constructing my life? And again, we can think of horses and, and chariots. On what or in whom am I constructing my life? And then finally, to kind of wrap up, to consider what would it look like to more fully put my trust in God? What would it look like today, this week? What would it look like in that situation, in that struggle? What would it look like in that circumstance, in that relationship? What would it look like to more fully put my trust in, in God? Parsha Bashallah. Loyal me new by Yahweh.